This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Well, thank you all so much for uh, encouragement this morning. Got several words of encouragement this morning. It's always so nice and uh, got a text from Brother Derek last night, Brother Kit, and it seems like uh, when we're obedient to those promptings, the Spirit puts on our heart to encourage somebody. A lot of times they they're not feeling really good in their message prep. <laughs> I was pretty tired last night, feeling discouraged, and got a couple of. Uh, encouraging notes and this morning got some encouragement it means a lot it really does and uh, we always seem to do that for each other and I really do appreciate it I appreciate the prayer this morning Um, well if I was to uh, give you all as much paper as you needed and just kept it coming and just had you write down a list of things you enjoy about life things you look forward to I suppose you would not run out of paper and uh, have listed on there going to the doctor's office or uh, perhaps taking a test. Things that I've been thinking about a lot here lately uh, from some things that we all well know are going on in my world. Uh, going to a doctor and taking a test are, are a lot of same in the same in ways that, you know, they reveal to us something that we're okay with pretty much not knowing, right? I'd rather just take the note from the doctor that says I'm good. Even if there might be something wrong with me, I'd rather just be ignorant about it, right? And taking a test, I really have nothing to prove to anybody. If you could just give me the A, I'll walk away with the A, right? It's not something that anyone enjoys, either one of these things. I think a lot about the reasons why I hate going to the doctor and the reasons why these tests and revealing things to us uh, just aren't real pleasant is because there's just things about myself I'd rather not know, right? Blissful ignorance, right? I can no longer uh, hold on to my assumptions or my uh, wishful thinking about things. I'm sure that I'm fine. I can no longer hold on to uh, where I think I stand intellectually, right? I'm about to have to deal with the facts. The very first time I found myself in the ER with my lips swollen, my tongue swollen, couldn't breathe good, they uh, encouraged me that I should schedule an appointment with an allergist and get an EpiPen in case something like this was to happen again, right? We can figure out what's causing it and I'll have treatment available. And it seems smart, and that's probably why the second time I went to the ER, they said the same thing. And then again the third time I found myself in the ER, they encouraged me to do the same thing again. My thinking was different, right? Well, I mean, I'll just be careful, right? We have Benadryl at the house. I'll just be careful. I mean, you know, I just, there's some things I need to start avoiding. I'll avoid those things. 
that these doctors, you know, they're going to poke, they're going to prod, they're going to find something wrong with me. That's what they, you know, it's like a home inspector. They're going to find something. It's going on the list, right? Somebody's spending some money before they walk out of here. Yep. If you don't mind putting a label on yourself and you want some pills, go to the doctor. Something changed, though, in my thought process, right? And it changes in all of ours. And it's a, it's a light switch. And what happened is, I went from ignoring something to realizing, you want to know what? There's something wrong, right? There's something really wrong with me. I got something wrong. <laughs> there's something that has to be done. I need a doctor to run some tests on me, right? Somebody needs to look at me and tell me what's wrong because I know I'm not right. And suddenly I went from blowing these doctors off to blowing them up, you know? Now all of a sudden, the people I were kind of annoyed at and didn't want to think about now, I'm annoyed they're not, why am I not their favorite client, right? Why am I not number one? Like, where's my answers? What happened? What happened? I changed my point of view, right? The funny thing is, is that when things get bad enough, you're okay kind of with the diagnosis. I really was, you know, I had to wait so long to get into the doctor. It was to the point where I said, I really don't care what's going on. I just want to know what it is so I can take the next step. I'm, you know, it's fun to ignore for a while until you, you, you know, it's like, well, I'm ready. I'm ready for some facts. The reality of it is, is I was never ever going to, to uh, take it seriously until I got to a point that I'd had enough. You have to come to a point because to that point, but because it's the only time that you're ready to move forward into really uh, gaining knowledge and moving towards healing. Knowledge won't get you anywhere unless you're willing to to uh, receive it and have a desire to use it. I feel like it's. Um, been put on my heart through this process that the same thing is true that is true in my physical health that is true in my spiritual health. Um, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13th chapter and verse 5 that he tells us that we're to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the face, faith and that we are to test ourselves. It's a testing that begins as an un sinful unbelievers in our life and a I believe with all my heart that it's a testing that we continue to do until the day we die following Christ. It's not a test that we take one time and we pass with flying colors and, and we're good. It's a test that we're always going to take. A test that we should always be taking and applying to our lives. We're never going to make 100% on it, but the goal is that the numbers get better. Right? Paul is addressing the church here, and uh, 
It's very interesting to me that he's speaking to the church and he, 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 he's telling them to examine themselves because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a possibility that they're, they're deceived, that they aren't a member of the body of Christ and following Christ in their life, but they may just be a part of a group and following a crowd. If you remember in John 6 when Jesus had been healing people and doing all these miracles, uh, he had created quite a following. A lot of people were following, and he starts to get a little more real with them, a little more in-depth in his teaching, and he starts talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, and they start saying things like, this guy's hard to listen to. And say, uh, who can even listen to this? And a lot of them betrayed him. They were part of a group and following a crowd, not following Jesus. It says in verse 64 that Jesus knew from the beginning that they didn't believe. And they walked away from him, followed him no more. They weren't in the faith, they were trying to be in a group. And Paul says we were to examine ourselves to see that we are in the faith. I, I find it really amazing that 12 men followed Jesus. I love to think about, it's, it's just so exciting and intriguing to me to think about the time that they had with Jesus. Like what was that like to just 12 people to be around God in the flesh, the Son of God? I mean, I just love thinking about the personal attributes of God in the flesh, right? What, what was He like? I mean, what did His voice sound like? He had to have the greatest demeanor. What, a good hugger, I'm guessing. You know? It just had to be amazing. I just love to think about things. Does He like chest, water chestnuts or not? I mean, not for me. You know, I just, I'm so intrigued by all these thoughts about Him as a man. That side of them is amazing to me. Now, the thing about these men that got to see, that man was lame and he just got up. That man was blind and he now see, he can see. We just fed 5,000 people with that one basket of food. They saw all of that. They walked right beside that man. They heard him lay down at night. Did he snore? I don't know. They knew him. He was right there beside him the whole time. They walked with Jesus. And yet one of them is spending an eternity in hell. How is that possible? It's unbelievable. It's, it's hard to wrap my head around that. The reality of it is that there's something wrong with us. Something's not right. Nothing can be put past us. Jeremiah 17, chapter, 17th chapter, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. You know what that means? Your heart's more deceitful than anything. It is. It is desperately wicked. And who can know it? In a nutshell, that's saying left up to your own self and left up to your heart, there's no telling just how low you might go. That's who you are. And that's who you'll be until you get out of this sinful flesh. That's why Paul examined himself to the point that he saw everything that wasn't like Christ in his life. He looked at all the things that were in his life and he said, oh, wretched man that I am. Right? It's the same 
that we would do when we compare ourselves to Christ. Even if I compare myself to Paul and the life that he lived, compare myself to people that were a lot less than Paul was, I compare myself to them, how my life looks compared to them, I definitely see a need to examine myself. Paul said, I buffet my body. My dad used to tell me, boy, I'm going to get you whooped into shape. Right? I still need it. I needed it when I was little, but I need it every day. It's time for the whooping, right? Get you whooped into shape. Every day. Every day. Paul said he buffets his body every day and brings himself into submission. Back into line. I need to examine myself, thorough testing of myself, put myself through examination every day, and the realization and the truth I have to admit to myself is am I doing that every single day of my life? I put myself through that kind of examination. Or do I treat my spiritual health like I've treated my physical health, right? I'm sure it's fine. You know, nobody's perfect. There's something wrong with everybody. This is kind of what my problems are. It's no different than my attitude towards going to the doctor, right? Well, there's things about everybody that aren't good, and there's some things about me that aren't good. That type of attitude will never produce the type of wisdom that I need to learn and grow and bring about a healing in my life, a change that God wants to see. It's, a, it's just uh, outright stubbornness on my part. And what, what happens, what happened to me in my experience with the doctors in my, in the, in the, and the things I've gone through with the sickness and the allergies is a repentance happened. It's not a word we use a lot, but it's a very important word. And it's something that we can experience daily in our life, and it's something that we need to be very, very cautious of and understand better in our life. But what happened with me is a repentance happened. I went from thinking, ah, it's nothing, right? I'm not going to acknowledge that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with me. You need to put that back in your machine because I've always been healthy and I'm going to continue to be, right? I can get, you have to get your head out of the sand and realize, hey, there's something wrong with me. And now I'm going to turn away from my ignorance and I'm going to turn away from my ignoring things and I'm going to, I'm going to listen to what the doctor has to say and face the problem head on, right? It's a repentance that has to happen, a change that has to happen physically, spiritually in our life if we ever want to experience any type of healing. So on the spiritual aspects of, aspects of, saying, of things, take for example selfishness. So I no longer just accept the fact that I'm a selfish person, right? 
Well, I'm selfish. Some people get this problem. I'm kind of a selfish person. That's my problem. Pride. Yeah, I got a little bit of pride. Everybody gets a bag of hammers. Pride's mine, you know. Pretty much a discontent person. Not very thankful. And brush it off like it's just part of a trait that God gave us? No. No. No, it... it that is, that's living in denial about your state. That's not, that's not a desire to find out what's really wrong. That's not addressing the situation. It's not. It's ignoring a situation. Physically and spiritually, I do that. Physically, Always, that's going to be fine. Yep, that's going to be good. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Spiritually, I do that. I know that something's wrong and there's things are wrong with me, but I'll be fine. Thank God for His grace, right? God shows me grace because He wants me to change. He wants something better for me. He wants me to be healed of the sickness. Until I realize that something is wrong and see what God wants me to see in myself through examining myself, I can never be what it is that I'm supposed to be. So the exam goes like what this. Test number one. Positive. Selfishness, buddy. You got it. What are the side effects of this? Right? What causes this? What does it do to my wife when I'm selfish? What does it do to my kids when I'm selfish? What does it do to y'all when I'm selfish? Why does it hurt God when I live a selfish life? What's the treatment for this? How do I get past this and move on with my life? God, I don't want it. I don't want to have this. Test two, you're prideful. What does that do to me? What does that cause? God, I, I, I don't want this. What, what's that do to me? What's that... Right? Disease. It destroys our life. Ah, yeah, I'm kind of arrogant at time to time. Got a little bit of pride. Is yours going to snow later this week? Oh, no, you got something bad wrong with you. <laughs> There's something wrong. All these tests that they're I still got like three appointments to go to. I mean, they're, I feel like I should charge them for the amount of blood they've taken out of me. I mean, they put me in these machines, putting cameras where I don't want cameras. I mean, it's just, why? For fun? For to tell me, hey, you're sick. If a doctor just told me I was sick after all this, I would lose it. He'd probably need to find a doctor after going through all this. And that's your answer? I'm sick? No, what is wrong with me? I want a diagnosis, right? I want, I, want, I want to know what I need to do to get past this. It's the same in our spiritual life. I'm a sinner. Oh, what's the sin? <laughs> what's this sin that you have that so easily besets you? What's this sin that's holding you back? What's this sin that's ever before you, right? Not just I'm a sinner. 
I'll always die. I'm going to die, sinner. No, but what sin is it? Let's treat it, right? And Jesus, as He comes to the pool in Jerusalem, there's sick and lame people laying everywhere. We all know the scene very well. Blind people. And there's this man laying there on the bed. And Jesus just says to him, do you want to be made whole? <laughs> Jesus doesn't ask foolish questions. <laughs> you know, I used to think, like, that's a silly question. It's not silly. We're foolish, and God knows that that is exactly the state that He finds us in. When Jesus comes into our life, that's where He finds us. Laying there. No man can help me into the pool. There's nothing nobody can do. I can't do it myself. Do you, would you like to get up and walk? That's why He asks the question. Do you want me to... Would you like my help? Would you like for me to allow you to walk now? No one's going to help you and you can't help yourself. That's the way He finds us. That's why He asks the question. I heard a lesson one time. Uh, I saw it. So I don't know if it's on YouTube or something. but I thought it was very brilliant. Uh, I thought about stealing it, but you guys would have known it wasn't mine because it was a good idea. But he had a, like an easy button thing, you know. But, but it, he like sets it out there and he goes on, he goes on. He's talking about sin. And finally he says... If, if you could push the button, and it may have consequences, but the guarantee is you will never commit another sin in your life. The lust of the pre uh, flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, none of it. You'll never have to think about it, hear it, see it, experience any of it again. And this question was, not knowing any of the consequences, would you push the button? You know, in the in a crowd, let's see a show of hands. Who would, I mean, no. No, that's you. That's not, that's when your parents aren't looking. That's when you're alone. Your most intimate, quiet self. Would you push the button? It's an interesting thought. I think it's a very revealing about ourselves. Will we push the button? Do we want to be made whole? Do we want to be different? Lamentations 3 and verse 40 says, Let's examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. I love that. Psalms 105:19 says, The word of the Lord tested Joseph. Romans 7 verse 7, Paul says that, that it's God's law that reveals our sin to us. As we read through God's Word and study it in our life, it's where we find the tests that we need to be applying to our life. It's where all the questions that we need, the hard questions that we need to ask ourselves are found. We come across verses like uh, desire things of the world. They fix their minds on things below. They serve their own bellies. Words like these are, are supposed to touch our heart and say, oh God, I don't want to be a part of that sort of thing. Those, those types of verses should scare you and they scare me because 
In this country, the great, amazing country that we live in, uh, living for this world, I kind of look at as a lot like a uh, maybe a, a, a balance scale. Well, I'll just be sure that somehow I get enough on God's side to tip that. Instead of really, it's a tight line walk, is what you're. <laughs> you keep your eye on the goal and don't fall. Not, oh, I'll just give God one more ounce. Right. I'll give my family 15 more minutes than I give the world. That way, God knows they're winning. It's not. That's that's not the way. That's not the way it works. That's not the mindset. Am I willing to, and do I know that at all times, every day, I should be able to go to God and say, God, I need you in my life because I know. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for working in my life. Thank you for what you did on the cross, but I know there's still wrong in me. God, I want it to be changed. Test me. Drag me through the coals, run me through the ringer, whatever it is you need to do, find out what's wrong with me, and I'll take the treatment. Whatever you say to do, that's what I want to do. Are we willing to say that? I can, will, and do in my life take for granted my spiritual health. Take for granted the state that I am in because of nothing that I've done but what Christ did. Just like the exact same way I've taken for granted my health for so many years. I've never had any health problems. I'm very accident prone, as y'all know. But my health has been good. I'm just healthy. I've never had any issues. And I've taken it all for granted. And I'm going to tell you, I've not been kind to this body. I have not. Oreos by the sleeve. Cream sodas by the case. If one's good, 12's better, right? I've not been kind. Taking it for granted. I haven't been kind to my spiritual body either. My health has not been the way it should be. It's amazing to me how God can speak to you through your own life, the things that you're living. I think that it, you know, he, Jesus taught in parables a lot because it was relatable, number one, to people, but also because he said that he speaks to them in parables because not everybody will know. Only the people that really are paying attention will know what I'm talking about. I just love it when he works in my life. Real life experiences that you're going through, and if nothing, if this has nothing to do with a tick bite and some beef, and uh, the fact that I've overdone it on the Oreos for a long time, has nothing to do with cholesterol, <laughs> a little bit of fat on this side of my liver, it has nothing to do with any of that. I know that God has changed my life through this. He has, and it's amazing what He will teach you through your own life. Colossians 3 and verse 5 and 6 it says, Put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. 
For it is because of these things the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. I read this verse a couple of days ago and it reminded me of another real life example of things that go on in our life. I've been thinking so much about, oh man, I need to address situations in my life that I know are not good. I know they're not holy. I cannot ignore them anymore, just like I cannot ignore the fact that if I eat something and I don't have that EpiPen and I don't go to the emergency room, I may not get up, right? It's the same. (laughs) It's not the same. It's so much more important, right? I'm thinking about these things a lot lately. The mistakes I've made through my life and Finally starting to grow up, you know. And there's this pig comes into my life. And this is an ugly pig. It's disgusting. If God wanted to make a nasty, gross, ugly pig, it was this one. This is not my first rodeo with animals. The first time I saw this pig, I was like, this is going to be an issue. This is my yard. 35-gallon barrel of fish food. Eats it all. Doesn't pick its mess up either. Gets into the trash, one time confirmed. Left it everywhere. I know in my mind what needs to happen with the pig. I know exactly how to handle the issue. But... You know, I have send boys out to do man's work. Let's run the pig off. Get rid of the pig. It comes back. I know it will, but hey, gotta try. They then switch to the pellet gun. It runs off, but it kind of keeps coming back. So much damage, the neighbor's gate gets broke from the pig that's running amok and ransacking our neighborhood there in Cedarville. Whole time I know exactly how to handle the problem. I know what to do, and it's I wake up the day and the day's the day. I'm gonna handle the issue. I just I'm overwhelmed with the feeling of handling this issue today. I look out the window and I see it coming down the driveway, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm gonna let Judah shoot this when he gets home. He'd rather he didn't get a kick out of this. So here I am yet again, putting off what I know needs to happen. So I go to get my last cup of coffee and the pig's looking in the window and it was speaking to me through its eyes. Like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> it's what it said to me. Just looking at me. I'm staring, standing there staring at it eating deer corn that I put out for the deer and the, and the uh, squirrels. And it's just, you know, it can't just eat the corn. It's got to be, you know, rooting and tearing up It's just, I handled the issue real quick that day, however long it takes 3,500 feet per second to go 20 yards. (laughs) About 65 cents handled the the issue. It just, it's over with. Just shoot the pig, right? Why not, day one, did I not shoot the pig? I think about the pigs I've allowed in my life. just a pig, right? I'll get this thing out of here, run it off, 
and shoot the pig. We know what's wrong with us. We know what we don't need in our life. We're going to be overwhelmed with sin in our life. This, there's, it's, we're going to be bombarded with it until we die. Amazing thing is, I've got like four issues they've found so far, but every single one of them is controlled through one thing, what I put in my mouth. That's it. What I allow into my life and what I don't. That's it. And it handles a multitude of issues. It's really simple. If I'd have blown that pig's brains out the first day I saw it, a lot of turmoil wouldn't have happened. A lot of messes, a lot of wasted words, to be honest with you. Our neighbor's gates broke. Could have just handled the issue. It's the same in my life with sin. Whatever I see creeping in, we know better. That's going to be an issue. Don't allow it to be. Be willing to examine yourself. Know that there's something wrong with you. Don't brush anything under a rug. Don't think, well, you know, I'm just a little bit prideful. Yes, I'm rude to my wife. I snap back at her. You know how I justify that? Well, <laughs> that's the way I am. Okay, cool story, bud. That's not, that's not the way that works. It's not the way it works. If it's a problem, you address it in your life, right? Thank you so much. You guys are the best audience. Simple, simple truth. I hope to uh, have shared with you this morning, but it's just something that's been on my heart of late, and I feel like if I heed what God's trying to share with me through my life, through this, of uh, examining myself and not allowing problems to just exist in my life, to know that God wants to conquer them and that I have the power and ability to change them. And when pigs show up, we shoot them. Just knowing these facts, I hope uh, they can bless you as they've blessed me. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.